Today's daf is daf mem beis in Mesachis Yavamas, page 42, Mesachis Yavamas, and we are up to the two dots, six lines from the top of the Omer. Mem beis Omer Aleph. We have a, a few fascinating daf coming up. All right? Um, the, the, you can't even introduce today's daf. There's so much that, that uh, as we go through, it's really, it's really unnecessary. I mean, a lot of fascinating ideas, some things that may surprise us, because perhaps scientifically things may have changed and therefore, some of the logic that that uh, is mentioned uh, may or may not apply. But uh, be it as it may, let us get going. Let's remind ourselves: the Mishnah, the Mishnah had told us that every woman, no matter what, no matter who, whether it's Arison or Nesuin, whether it's a whether she's coming out of a divorce, whether she's coming out of widowhood, every woman needs to wait three months before marrying. Now, how did we get onto this conversation? Because of Yibum. Right? Because of Yibum, we said, listen, we understand why you got to wait three months because we got to make sure that we know whose father this kid is and also that the brother doesn't transgress living with his brother's wife if he's not allowed to. Okay? But our Mishnah said, and this is where we're going to pick up, similarly, every other woman, no matter what, must wait three months before marrying again. Says the Gemara, why? A bunch of logic, logical questions are coming up. So let's, let's get to it. Bishlama Yavama makes sense. Yavama needs to wait three months. Kedamaran. We gave the logic that we said. Yeah. If you don't wait three months, this guy may have relations with his brother's wife, which is a biblical transgression. Elishar kol noshimamai. Says the Gemara, who cares? Listen to this. If it's not a Yavama situation, you have a woman who's widowed. Somebody else marries her a month later. Does it matter who the father is? No. She's Jewish. The kid's Jewish. What do you care? Shvatim. That's a, let's say they're both Yisrael. But practically speaking, ask the Gemara, just practically speaking, who cares? Right? Who cares? What matter does it make? says It matters a lot. Listen to this. Because it says in the Pasuk, there's really so much to say about this answer. Here we go. It says in the Pasuk, Okay? HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that I will be the God of Klal Yisrael, and to your children, after you. Meaning, you must know the yichus. What does that mean? We have to know whose child is who. This is very, very interesting. Meaning, the Gemara is answering, even if, practically speaking, there's no halachic ramification that we can think of of why it matters who the father is. Let me tell you something. It's important in Klai Yisrael to know yichus. There's a reason why Children are born to particular parents, to particular families. Nothing is random. It's not random. It might look random. It might seem random, but it ain't. And therefore, it's crucial to know. If your last name is Carmen, Tendler, Perel, any of us, or I could keep going, all of us here, yeah, there's a reason for that. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the God of Klai Yisrael, where Yichus is predetermined. So even if we can't think of ramification, lemaisa on a deeper level, it does matter. Okay, fine. Masav Rav, Rav asks challenging question. Lefikach, 
because, therefore, meaning because everybody needs to wait three months. Listen to this fascinating case. Ready? Gervigiris. Rashi says, let's say you have a couple, a husband and wife that convert to Judaism. Okay? They need to separate for three months now. They got to wait three months before being together. Says the Gemara, why? You know who the father is if she becomes pregnant. You know the lineages. Who cares? The Gemara answers, no. You know why? Because we want to know the difference between a child that was conceived before the conversion or after the conversion. Okay? Now, even though either way the kid's going to be Jewish because he's born, when he emerges, he came out to a Jewish mother, but we want to know at the time of conception, at the time when he's conceived, was it with Kedusha? Was it as a member of Klai Yisrael or not? That also matters. You hear this? So not only does it matter the family you're born into, but also the situation in which a child is conceived also matters. Now this has practical ramifications to anybody who's, we know that when a couple's together, it's a time of Kedusha, right? The, the, the mitzvah that's called holiness, interestingly, is when a man and woman are together in marriage. It's called Kedusha. So when they're together in a way that, they're, that, that they have a strong bond, that impacts the child. That brings Kedusha to the child. Rav Omar Rav says, I'll tell you another reason why you got to wait three months. Here's the problem. If you don't know who the kid's father is, you know what's going to happen? He might end up marrying his half-sister. You understand? Let's say you think he's his, the, the second guy was his father. He might marry a girl who's the daughter of the original father, who he thinks is not related to him. That's not my father. That was my mother's former husband. No is to me. Right? No shaykh is me. Let me marry you. She's, she's like my, you know, um, uh, completely separate. Or the case of Yibam, where you might, uh, you might take in Yibam the wife of the brother on your mother's side. Or cause his mother to go out to the shuk, meaning think that she doesn't need Yibam when she really does. So in order, to, in order to circumvent those issues, the Chachamim said, no matter what, um, you got to wait three months. This way, in case she's pregnant, we'll know exactly who's who and what's happening. Okay. Masiv Rav Hanani, that's a challenging question. In the case of all the Avamis, I say, you know, you could, uh, you, you could make a Takonas Erva. The reason why you got to wait three months is because you want to make sure there's no transgressions happening. But over here, the reason why you wait three months is really to help the child, the Imisa. And if it's true, if this is the reason why you wait, not because of the child, to help the child with the three months, but rather it's to ensure there's no transgressions, so then we should, we should uh, say that every case, the issue here is erva. You know what takonas vlad means? Not the health, physical well-being of the child, but we want to make sure this child is spiritually healthy and we are familiar with who he is Permitted to marry. Okay. Givaldic. Period. End of that conversation. <sighs> Says the Gemara. Let's introduce the next step. It's a very logical step over here. Alright? I just want to guide us 
for the next half of Amr what we're going to do. All right? We said, in order to wait, in order to determine who the father is, any woman whose marriage ends, got to cut this off, any woman whose, whose marriage ends has to wait 90 days. She must wait three full months. Right? Nachon? Clear? Let me ask you a question. To any of us here. Can you think of any circumstance where maybe it would make sense to wait two and a half months? Two months? One month? Yeah? In other words, shkayach three months. Shkayach 90 days. That usually it takes 90 days for a woman to start showing that she's having a child. But... (laughs) Why are we doing this like a computer? Use your, use your common sense. You know what I mean? What happens if you see she's pregnant after two months? You can't marry all of a sudden? You know she's pregnant. Okay, good. So we know the father is right there. Let the second guy marry her now. Right? In other words, what's the deal with the three months? That we're like sticking to this and saying there's no real exceptions. Okay. So this Gemara we're going to get into. We're going to have... There's different ways to understand this Gemara. But let's assume that this, everything the Gemara is saying was a scientific fact in the time of the Gemara, even though it may not be a scientific fact uh, right now. Okay, so here we go. That's right. Okay. So there's different, uh, you know, but we're going we're gonna to see some fascinating things. All right. Now, here we go. Right now, we've learned there's such a thing as a seven-month child and a nine-month child. Okay. That's what we've learned so far. Let's get into this. I understand why you got to wait at least two months. Once you get past two months, if a baby is born after seven months, then we know it's from, you know, um, then we're not sure if it's from the first husband or the second husband. If it's born after nine months, we'll know it certainly came from the second husband. We want to win nine months to the first. Maybe it's seven months to the first one. Okay. But ask the Gemara a question. Listen. You know what we should do, says the Gemara? Now, in order to ask this question, you have to have a different scientific reality. Says the Gemara, let them wait one month. And here's why. Ve'ilis shiva yolda, because if she gives birth seven months after that one month wait, haibar shiva lebasrahu, we know for sure it's from the second husband. Why? Because the Gemara right now is assuming you cannot live as a healthy baby if you're born after eight months. You're either a seven month or a nine month. So ask the Gemara like this. Wait one month. If the baby's born seven months after that, we know it can't be from the first husband. Otherwise, it's an eight month baby the first husband. The baby should have died. It must be the second husband. So it's a nine month starting from the first one. Why got to wait three months? Just wait one. Says the Gemara, Inami Litmania Yolda. Even if she gives birth after eight months, you can still say it was second husband. Why? I, I thought if it's from the second husband, and it's, uh, she's not, it's not going to make it. No, because I'll tell you what happened. Ready? Maybe she became pregnant then. You don't know at what point the pregnancy started. Okay? If she waited a month, she got married. Let's say she got married after one month. You understand? Does every woman become pregnant as soon as she gets married? No. Yeah? So, says the Gemara, if she, got, if she gives birth eight months after the second husband, it could still be the second husband's baby. It could be a seven-month baby from the second husband just took a month to become pregnant. 
Ask the Gemara, the Tamna Sheikh Adosh Mezavi did not say, so just wait two and a half months and get married. Do the Shiva Yolda, because if she gives birth after seven months, Haibar Shiva Levasrohu, we know it's seven months of the second husband. Be the Shisupal Yolda, if she gives birth after six and a half months, Haibar Tisha Lakamo, we know it certainly came from the first father. It can't be from the second father, the baby wouldn't have made it after six and a half months. The Barbasrohu, if it's from the second husband, Barshitsupal Yolda, it can't live. So answers the Gemara, wrong. Yeah, a baby could live after six and a half months. He could still say it came from the second husband. Why? Sigmar is now going to tell us that seven months doesn't mean seven complete months. Seven months means into the seventh month. Now, okay, you understand? Seven months doesn't mean completion of seven months. It means into the seventh month, which means you have six complete months plus. Even according to the opinion, says a nine month baby has to carry to full term in order for it to be a healthy child. Still, a seven month baby could prove to be healthy and okay, even if it's a broken seventh month. Which means any time, as long as the baby is born, any time in the sixth month. And this is referring to the story of Chana and Shmuel. Which is like the seasons, okay? It's broken up into four parts, so it's three months each. Tekufos, plural of a tekufa, is if it's three months each and it's plural, what are we talking about? Two times three months is six months. Miot yamim, the minimum the amount of days that the word yamim could be referring to, also which is plural, is two. All right? Shnayim. And therefore, Chana gave birth after six months and two days. You see clearly from here that a baby can be viable, can be alive and well, as long as it's born into the seventh month. In other words, six plus months. So the Gemara, the Gemara says, um, that's why two and a half months is not going to suffice. Because still, you're not going to have clear who the father is. I asked the Gemara, let her wait just a very short amount of time and marry. And take her to the doctor. Go to the doctor after three months. Right? It is. As soon as three months is over, from the first marriage, take her to the doctor and see, is she, you know, is she showing? If she is, we know it's from the first husband. And if not, we see it's from the second husband. Samar is asking a very basic question. Why are you waiting because you don't know? Go to somebody who can figure it out. Omar of Safra, no. Hit us. People, we don't do that. We don't do that. It's, it, it's going to cause a woman to not be attractive in her husband's eyes. Meaning, if you're going to have to take a woman three months after she was widowed or divorced, and she's been married two months to this guy, and we say to the guy, you know what, your, your wife has to go in for a doctor's exam right now because she may be pregnant with her previous husband's child. The husband's going to be like, uh, no shkayach. <laughs> yeah, in other words, I'm not excited about this. Says the Gemara, we don't want to set her up for having that shalom bias issue. Right? We don't want to set her up for that. And therefore, we're not going to allow her to marry after waiting just a short amount of time. Okay. Says the Gemara, very interesting. You ready for this? V'nivdika bihilucha. Have her walk. And buy a woman who's pregnant walk after three months. Instead of taking her to the doctor, which could hurt her shalom bias, have her walk, and the way she walks, you can tell whether she's pregnant. Why? So the way Rashi explains this is that 
when a woman becomes pregnant, obviously you have to become familiar with how she usually walks. When a woman is carrying a baby, her steps will naturally be heavier. It'll be a heavier and more emphatic type of step. So as the Gemara, that also can, um, can determine who, you know, um, uh, when she started becoming pregnant. And it's not going to cause her to be Mizgana al-Baila. By the way, if you think this is a small thing, we have uh, my, my grandmother, my mother's mother, my Bobby Per. After her doctor passed away, she was looking for a new doctor. And she went to somebody. And she didn't like these new doctors. She didn't go for the new doctor. Finally, somebody gave her name of a good, you know, a good uh, old school Yiddish doctor who she went to. And the doctor uh, starts talking to her. And he... Um, he says to her, um, "Your left hand." He says to her, "Your your left hand." She says, he, "She said, how'd you know?" He said, "Because your right leg's a little wider than your left leg." So she said, "A doctor like that—that's my type of doctor." <laughs> yeah, he could tell by how by 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 how the the muscle mass is and how how I'm walking and all these things. He's got enough experience. And he's not just cracking open, uh, you know. Okay, fine. Be it as it may. He says, why don't you just check out the way she's walking? Listen to this. A woman, even though naturally she may walk in a more emphatic way if she's pregnant, but she can play games with this. A woman can change the way she walks and she'll purposely change the way she walks. You know why? You know why? Very logical. If we don't know who the father is, you know who the wife wants the father to be? You know who she wants the father to be? The second husband. Because there's a man around to now take care of the kid. She wants the husband to think it's his own kid. Okay? And now this kid can inherit mm-hmm. somebody else. Right? The, the second husband. Therefore, we don't, uh, we don't rely on it. Okay, Givaldic. Now, period, end of that conversation. Now, let us ask such a basic, basic question. We're going to kick ourselves for not thinking of this. Why are we waiting three months? Because we don't know, we don't know if she's pregnant. Okay. We learned the halacha beforehand. We learned the halacha beforehand that this came up earlier. You're not allowed to marry a pregnant woman. And you're not allowed to marry a nursing woman at all. You could, if a woman's pregnant, you cannot marry her. Let me ask you a question. If the whole issue of everything that we're dealing with here is a suffix or a doubt as to who the father is. If you have a woman who's eight months pregnant, why can't I marry her? Why can't I marry her? Any reason why I shouldn't marry an eight-month woman, uh, pregnant woman? Yeah. <laughs> Do we know who the father is? Better believe it. Yeah, she's eight months. She's given birth in three full weeks. She's, we clearly know who the father is. Why in the world can't I marry a pregnant woman? Detrimental. Huh? Detrimental to the baby. Detrimental to the baby. Okay. In what way? Inheritance. Okay. That's another. Physical. Physical. Okay. So this is going to be a, a fascinating Gemara. Assume that at the time of the Gemara, this was all, not assume, it certainly was 
a scientific fact, and there's various ways to understand uh, the, the next Gemara. But yeah, it's going to get into a physical issue with the child. So let's get into this. That's what the Sugi is going to handle now, till uh, Amud Beis. Here we go. Says the Gemara, Heichad Kimla Demuberes Hi We said that once you establish that she's pregnant, it seems you should be allowed to marry her. Alamatani, but why did we learn the Bryce Lee? You saw the Mubaris, Haber, Menakis, Haber, not let him marry a woman who's pregnant or a woman who's nursing them. No, so Yaitzib, Layaksir, Lamas. And if you do marry her, you got to divorce her, you can never take her back. We're going to fine you. Meaning the Bryce says, you're never allowed to marry a pregnant or nursing woman. Says the Gemara, what? Why not? Let me do that. You know the problem? Now don't jump. You know what a sandal is? A smushed shoe. Okay? It's an expression over here that we're concerned that if the second husband marries her and impregnates her, a second baby is going to squish the first baby and kill it. Okay? Fine. Big, big conversation how this is. Um, but, but we're going to understand the word sandal like Rashi. Says, if that's true, let me ask you a question. Say, a basic question. Anytime your wife becomes pregnant, you should be forbidden to have intercourse. She's forbidden to have relations. You might impregnate her again. Says the Gemara, oh, I'll give you two possibilities. And this is a Gemara Nida. He says, I'll tell you like this. One approach is that when it's your own child, the woman will use protection. She'll use a form of birth control. She'll insert a moch, she'll insert a cloth to make sure she doesn't become pregnant again to harm the first child. Or you'll say, listen, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will have mercy. If you're married already, since HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants, uh, wants a couple to be together, so he'll have Rachmanas and the baby's going to be okay. Okay? Now, there's a, fascinating, there's a fascinating thing. You know, throughout Chazal, and maybe there's more, I don't know, but I personally have found um, four reasons for couples to have intercourse. It's for, Chazal bring various reasons why, why couples should be, physically have intimacy together. One reason brought down is the obvious one of Peria You can't have children without having relations. Another reason brought in Chazal is called Tikkun Havlad, which means when a couple has relations at the time that she's pregnant, it actually is emotionally and physically healthy for the child. The child that's there. Huh? Yeah, the whole, the whole, the whole bond, everything. It's all, it's a whole, it's, it's, a, it's a big mile. Another svara brought is, another reason brought, we know, is a chi of aina. Husband is just obligated to... Uh, to be with his wife, that itself is a chiyav dairaisa, and also to create brotherhood and friendship and togetherness. So we find multiple reasons and goals for couples to physically uh, to physically be together. But be it as it may, says the Gemara, because of that, because this couple has a mitzvah, so so HaKadosh Baruch Hu will make sure you're doing a mitzvah now, b'seder. The baby's going to be okay. So that's why by a married couple, you're allowed to be together. So ask the Gemara one second. Hello? That logic applies in any case. Hachanami, what about marrying a married, uh, a pregnant woman? According to when it says that 
that it's, you're, you're not going to run into the sandal issue because she could use protection. So b'mayich, let him marry a pregnant woman and let them use protection. And if the one says, Yeah? So there's a mitzvah to be married. Go get married. Because Baruch will take care of this baby. We're back to our question. The question is, why can't a man marry a pregnant woman? Ah, you're worried about a sandal? That can't be the reason because a regular couple's allowed to be together. Says the Gemara, We're not nervous about the, the child becoming a sandal. You know what it is? That maybe if, uh, the, if, the, if a man marries a pregnant woman, the, the weight of his body can crush the baby. His body weight is a physical danger. Says the Gemara, That applies to anybody. If you're nervous about that, the Dainami. Any, see what, um, any married couple, again, you should have that logic. Says, no, you love it. When a man's married to a woman and it's his own child, uh, I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't have been, yeah, and it's his own child, so he's careful. He makes sure not to, not to crush the baby. Says, you think this guy's a murderer? This guy who wants to marry a pregnant woman wants to kill her baby? He'll also be careful. He knows she's pregnant. Ella rather says You know why you're not allowed to marry a pregnant woman? Very basic. Here we go. Because every pregnant woman has a chazaka that ultimately she will start nursing shortly. We have to turn now to the top of Membez Omud Bez. Doma Iabra. And if she becomes pregnant again while she's nursing, in other words, we're not concerned she's going to become pregnant while she's pregnant. We're concerned she's going to have this child. Five months later, she might become pregnant again. When a woman becomes pregnant, her milk spoils. The and the child from the first husband will die. Because there's no nursing milk. Says the Gemara, one second. So even if you're a couple together, you shouldn't be allowed, a man shouldn't be, they shouldn't be allowed to make your wife pregnant ever. Because once she's nursing, you're killing your own baby. Says the no. If it's your own kid and your wife becomes pregnant again, you know what you're going to do? You'll buy baby food. <laughs> yeah? You'll get beitzim, you'll buy some eggs, chalov, you get some milk. Yeah? Says the Gemara, so didanami. So by this guy marrying the pregnant woman also, even if, her, even if she becomes pregnant and her milk spoils, beitzim so he'll make sure her baby's taken care of. Says the Gemara, no. Not necessarily. He might say to her, you know what? It's not my kid. It's not my kid. You were pregnant with this baby, fam? Says the Gemara of the Hizbali Yarshim. So let her walk over to the people who inherited her original husband's estate and say, listen, my husband now has a son. You got to use that money to support him. Answers the Gemara, Amrabai, Isha Bushalava the Bezdin, Vahiregas Aspinah, Nebuch. Yeah, but a fascinating message for us. And that is a woman doesn't want to go to Bezdin. Aye, she could go to Bezdin and demand the money. Women are very wary of going to Bezdin. And this, by the way, is very, very true. There are certain areas of Judaism that it's just a reality. That's the guy's turf. There's certain parts where women are just uncomfortable going. There's certain, like, they, they, they don't want to walk into Bezdin. They've got three rabbis standing in front of them. It's, it's intimidating, there's things happening, and the woman may, may think to herself, you know what, in order for me to take care of my baby, 
I have to now go to a Bezdin, demand from all the brothers of my dead husband that they support my... I'm not going to... And you know what? Nebuch, it might be that her child ends up taka with no money, spoiled milk from the nursing mother, and, the, and, and Nebuch. So says the Gemara, fascinating, to end off, says the Gemara, you know why you're not allowed to marry a pregnant woman or a nursing woman? Because of the same reason. When you're pregnant, you'll end up nursing. And when you're nursing, the milk may spoil if she becomes pregnant. Therefore, you always need to wait for the pregnancy and nursing period to end. Why? Because we're concerned about the well-being of the child who's nursing. Mom is incredible. Credible, incredible, incredible Gemara. Okay. Period. Two dots. So many... Not, not only... In clarity, is this Gemara beautiful? There's so many areas of thoughtfulness in how we go through our Yiddishkeit and how we go through our day that the Gemara is demanding of us. And how to be thinking individuals, to be rayas and Eilat, to see the future, to see beyond just what's happening uh, right here and right now. And you have so much fun with, uh... <laughs> Okay, we are now at the two dots. We are six lines from the top of Membe's Amur base. The Mishnah said, Achas besulos ve'achas be'ulos. You always need to wait three months before remarrying, whether you were a besula, a virgin, whether a be'ula, you're somebody who is not a virgin. And we also said whether you are a arusa, a woman who was just acquired in marriage, or an asua, had a full-fledged marriage. Now the Gemara is going to ask the basic question, and let's read this inside. Let's learn this together. Hai niu besulais v'hai niu arusais, hai niu beulais v'hai niu nesuais. Basically, says the Gemara, a besula, a virgin, is somebody who was just acquired by her husband but never lived with him yet. She is an arusa. A beula is an asua. So really, why is the Mishnah creating four categories when it really could have been two? Okay? Amr of Yehuda, Hachik Amr, this is what the Mishnah means. Achas besulais ve'achas be'ulais shenes armu enes garshu. Whether she was a besula or a be'ula, who became widowed or divorced, be'imena erisin, be'imena nesuin, whether she's divorced from erisin and nesuin, all these cases, you need to wait. Okay, meaning we're not giving four separate uh, situations, four separate categories, but Nesua and uh, Arusa and Nesua is just explaining the case of Beula and Besula. Okay? But it's not creating additional situations, just coming to explain how I can have a Beula and a Besula um, f- uh, fall in widowhood or divorce. All right, says the Gemara, a story. Rabbi Elazar, like all the baby Joshua, Elazar didn't come to Yeshiva one day. Ashkel Ravasi, and then he met Ravasi. Amar Lai says Ravasi, no, I missed Yeshiva today. I wasn't, you know, uh, I couldn't make it. My Amar Abanim baby Joshua, teach me what what was said today in Yeshiva. Amar Lai Ravasi said, "Hachi Amar Beichanan that we uh, this word Beichanan said halacha ke Rabbi Yaisi. Halacha is like Rabbi Yaisi. Rabbi Yaisi said that somebody who everyone." Can enter Nisu, it can enter Arison. Because Arison, again, you're not actually living together with your wife. So even within three months, Rabbi Yaisi said, you can do Arison. And he said, 
if the if the woman never had a nisuin, then she can enter into nisuin because Rabbi Yossi just says use your logic. If there's no chance that we're going to be dealing with con- uh, s- some sort of dilemma as to who the father is, and we know who the father is, Manela will allow the marriage within three months. Says the Gemara, It seems that that uh, the Yochid argues, there is another opinion, who argues on Rabbi Yaisi. Because if Rabbi Yaisi is telling me, that means there's, you know, that means that um, he, he's not the minority opinion. Because we're following him. So, says the Gemara in, yeah, it's If you have a woman who would be Rodov, she the word Rodov is to run. She'll always be running back to her. She got married, but she's always running back to her father's house. Okay? She's always running back to, to be with her parents. Okay. Or they, um, they didn't get along before he died. They didn't get along. There was anger. Okay? A couple's not allowed to be together when there's anger. And they're upset at each other. Or what if you have a woman, ready for this? Her husband was locked up in prison until his death. He was locked up for 10 years. Okay, is there any chance that she... She should need to wait three months because we don't know who the father is. She, I mean, he was locked up. She was never with him. Or her husband was elderly or sick. He lost the strength to be able to have relations with her 20 years before. Okay? Or she was too sick. Or her husband dies and she has a miscarriage. Okay, so we know she's not pregnant. You hit us. What about if you have a woman? A month after her husband dies, she has a miscarriage. We know she's not pregnant now. Okay? Or she doesn't have a womb. She's, for various reasons, not able to give birth. Okay? Her body is not developed properly. You still need to wait three months. It's a light plug, like we said yesterday. Light plug. Three months, no matter what the logic. Rebuta says, no. You could, you, if you know it's okay, that was our Mishnah, right? That was our Mishnah we learned yesterday. If you know, there's no chance. He's pregnant from the first husband, Beseder. You do not need to wait three months. We know she's not pregnant. Okay. Says the Gemara, I'm Ravchia Barabba. Ravchia Barabba says, Chazabai Rabbi Echanan, Rabbi Yechanan backed out of his halacha. Okay? Rabbi Yechanan ultimately backed out. And again, what did he say? So Rav Asi quoted Rabbi Yechanan to say, halacha ke Rabbi Yaisi. And now Rabbi Yechanan is, um, is backing out. Um, Rabbi Yaisi says, If Rabbi Yechanan backed out, So the, the Mishnah that was taught in the Kerem Yavne, he must have backed out when it came to that halacha. Now what are we talking about? It's, you know, sometimes... You have people who like mention something and everybody else is like, what in the world, where'd that come from? Yeah, we're not familiar with that expression. But Rabbi Yosef teaches us a very uh, important Yisrael. And he says, if Rabbi Yechen ever backed out of the halacha, it was because of the famous b'risa that was taught in the vineyards of Yavne. What's that b'risa that was taught in the vineyards of Yavne? Here we go. Did Tani, we learned in the b'risa, Amar Rabbi Yishmo, Benayish, Rabbi Yechen, 
Rabbi Shmuel, the son of Yechim, and Breka says, Shamati bichachomim b'kerem yavne. Herb lachomim by the kerem of yavne. Yeah? You know, what, you know what a kerem is? You know what a vineyard is? A place where you grow grapes. Now the kerem, now a vineyard, if you ever see a vineyard, it is perfectly arranged. They happen to be very straight, perfect order. So it's, a, it's an amazing zach, you know, and if you want to grow grapes properly. Just the, the setup has it. So Yavne became the center of Torah, and there were rows and rows of Tamidei Chachamim. So the Karen Yavne was an expression of halachas that came out of Yavne when all the Tamidei Chachamim were, were sitting and learning together. So I heard from the Chum in the Karen Yavne, Kulon everybody needs to wait three months no matter what. Okay, now one second. Rabbi Yaisi said, it's not no matter what. Rabbi Yaisi said, it depends on logic. Right? Rabbi Yaisi said, listen, if you know she was only in Arusa, and she never lived with her husband, you could marry her within three months. And Rabbi Yaisi originally said, that's the halacha. And then we're saying now he backed out. Why did he back out? He says, oh, I'll tell you why he backed out. Because of this b'risa that says, the taki doesn't matter. Yeah? The, in Yavna, they taught, doesn't matter. It's not dependent on logic. Please, when you go up to Rabbi Vo, ask him the following contradiction. Is it possible that Rabbi Yechanan originally said, Rabbi in general holds that whenever you have a Mishnah without a name, okay, then the, you, we paskin like that Mishnah. It means that that's the halacha. It's not to any particular person. This is Allah for Kal Yisrael. So, this is Rabbi Yechon in general. So it's a, a mission that's from an unknown source. Yeah, exactly. There's no need to give a source because it's for sure uh, it's Allah Chalamaisa. All right? Rabbi Yechon says if you ever have a Mishnah without a name, that's the Halacha. Utanan, and we learned in a Mishnah, a plain Mishnah, all women are not allowed to get into Eris It's a plain Mishnah, which says you automatically need three months, whether you're a Basula or a, or a Bula. So how in the world can Erbechanan say, we always follow a plain Mishnah, which this is, and still tell me, Allah is like Yaisi, who was of the opinion that you don't always have to wait three months. That itself is a contradiction, and he says, please, when you go up, to Reb, uh, he says, please to Reb Zreka, when you go up to learn by Rabbi Avo, ask him my question. I don't understand how Rabbi Yechonon can paskin like Rabbi Yaisi that it depends on logic and still say halacha is like a plain Mishnah. Okay? Omar Leh. So he came back to him with an answer. He says, the He says, I want to tell you what Rabbi Avo answered. He said, Rabbi Avo answered that whoever asked this question wasn't really thinking. Didn't really, should I say wasn't really thinking. Wasn't thinking so well where he was grinding down the details of the information that he heard. How so? He says like this. You should know that Mishnah is not a Mishnah that's completely without a name. That Mishnah happens to be, start out without a name, but it ends up in a situation of a Machlaikas, because it's a plain Mishnah, but then we brought down, this is our Mishnah. Our Mishnah starts out without a name. And then it says, Rabbi Yehuda argues, and Rabbi Yehuda argues. She says, listen, 
when your Mishnah starts out plain and then ends up in a machoikas, you don't necessarily follow the original opinion because it's not the only opinion. It's an original opinion. And therefore, you don't always follow the Stam. The Amar of Papa, because your Papa taught us, some say it was if you have a Mishnah that starts out as a dispute, and then the Mishnah ends off with a plain halacha, then we know halacha kistam. We're going to rule like that plain halacha, because the plain halacha was, list, was listed after the dispute. However, stam biyakach machlokas. At first in the Mishnah you have a plain halacha, and then we bring the machlokas, and afterwards, ain halacha kistam. The halacha does not necessarily follow the stam halacha, and therefore, it's not a contradiction. Rabbi Yochanan can say, even though in general he says is like a Stam Mishnah, this isn't a Stam Mishnah. And therefore he holds, Machlaikas is like Rabbi Yaisi. Okay, question is now answered. Mistamech ve'ozil Rabbi Avohu. Rabbi Avohu was leaning and going akafte de Rabnachum Shmaya on the shoulders of Rabnachum, who was his Shamish. Yeah, he was his helper. He was his uh, attendant. Okay, Sir Bavo was walking. Menakeit ve'ozil hilchesamine. So Reb Nachum, as Rabbi Avo was walking and leaning on him, used the opportunity to extract some halachos from Rabbi Avo. Yeah, it's a big opportunity. You have one of the big gedolim. You're, you're driving them to Chasna. Yeah. So and his this Godel's leaning on him, very important. See, he's he he used the opportunity to get words of Torah and Halacha out of Rabbi Avo's mouth. Very important message, very important lesson. It, there's a reason why the Gemara is pointing out the situation. Why do we care? What does it matter? Learn from Abnachum. Learn from Abnachum. When you have a Godel, you use the opportunity to to get words of wisdom. See, here we go. Boimine. Rab Nachum asked Rabbi Avo, Machlekes vachigach stam mai. If you ever have a Mishnah, with, the Mishnah starts out by quoting a dispute and then ends off by giving a plain halacha. Mai, what is the halacha in such a case? Okay? Do we, how do we know what the ruling is? Amar le, so Rabbi Avo says, halacha kistam, you paskin like the stam. However, the Mishnah ended off, that's the rule. He says, okay, what about if the Mishnah starts out with a plain halacha, stam, v'yakagach machlekes, and then it brings the dispute. My, what's lacha then? Omar le, ain't halacha kistam. He says, I don't know, well, it depends on the Mishnah what the halacha is, but we don't necessarily rule like the stam, the plain opinion that we started out with. And the proof is, because this is logic, we ended off with a dispute. It must be, we're not sticking with the plain rule. Okay, fine. He says, okay, stamma demasnisen. Let's say you have a Mishnah that writes a halacha with no name. A plain Mishnah. But then, umachlokas bebrisa. There's a brisa that brings a dispute about that halacha. Now, brisas were written in the same times as Mishnah, but Rebbe HaKadosh just did not put it in the regular order of Mishnayis. But a brisa can argue on a Mishnah. He says, if I have a plain Mishnah and a dispute in a brisa, my, what's the halacha then? Omar Lehi. He says to him, we rule like the Mishnah. Even though you're right elsewhere in the price so there's a dispute, we're going to follow whatever plain halacha is written in the Mishnah. 
He says, okay. Machlokas b'masnisen. What if you have a dispute in a Mishnah? Ustama b'brisa. And a straight up halacha said in a brisa. My, what's the halacha then? Omar lay, Rabbi Avohu responded to him. V'chi Rabbi if Rebbe decided not to put it in the Mishnah as a plain as a with you know as a plain halacha, yeah. How would Rebbechia know that that's the halacha? Meaning, if you have a dispute in the Mishnah and a non-dispute in the Brisa, we don't rule like the Brisa. If Rebbe Hakadosh wrote it into the Mishnah as a dispute, it was because he doesn't want us to. To paskin like one side per se. He's not telling us that there's actually a machlekes. Okay. Omar Le. So he continues questioning him. Okay. Omar Le. He says to him. Vatinan. But we learned in a Mishnah. If you have. If somebody. Um, I'm sorry. Misarek shell pishton. If a person comb. If you have a comb. That's used for pishton, for linen, for flax. Shenitlu shinov, that the teeth of the comb were pulled out. Venishtairu by shtayim. So you only have two of the teeth of the comb remaining. Okay. Tameos. That comb is still called a comb and is capable of becoming tummy. In order for a vessel to be able to become impure, it has to be called a vessel. So if you have a comb, the teeth of the comb, it started out with 40 teeth. And now there's two left. Is it still called a comb? Or is it called a toothless thing with two things sticking out? She says, no, it's called a comb. Tomeos, it's still capable of becoming tummy. The achas. And what if there's only one tooth on the comb? Tahira. It, it's, uh, it's no longer capable of becoming tummy. It's not called a comb. Yeah. It's called a poker all right, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's a little thing. The kulan shenitlu and the all of the parts that came off that were pulled off. Achas achas befnei atman Each tooth by itself is tame. Okay, because each tooth is capable of doing something. For example, for example, it could be used as a toothpick. Yeah, or whatever. However you want to use it, it could be used as a nail, face, whatever you want. So it's interesting. Each tooth individually is still capable of becoming tummy, but the comb itself, once it's down to one left, is not capable of becoming impure. Sheltzemer, what if you have a comb used for wool? If every other tooth is pulled out, then it's, since wool has to be finely combed, this is not even called a comb for wool. If you pull out every other tooth, no one's going to use this anymore as a wool comb, and therefore tahora, even with multiple combs on, multiple teeth on the combs, it already takes the status of tahor. Fine. However, let's say if it wasn't every other one on the, on the comb for wool, but rather every other one was pulled off, but at the end of the comb, let's say, three were together. So he still has a slight capability of combing the wool. So then tame is still capable of becoming tame. If, however, the tooth on the outside of the comb is one of the three, tahar, then it's no longer considered a susceptible comb. The one at the uh, tatoma. The last tooth is not considered a tooth. That's like called the edge of the comb. 
Okay. If two of the teeth are pulled out and a person made a malkate. A malkate is like tongues. Okay? You, tongues. You know, you, you take... Uh, oh, yeah, tongues. You, you, you could clasp something with it. So, tomeos. So those teeth are capable of becoming tamei achas, but one tooth, v'skina l'ner oile misuach, tamei. And you take that one tooth, and it's capable of cleaning out the schmutz from a lamp, um, or you could use it to smooth out uh, various fabrics and cloths. Tamei, it's capable of becoming tamei. V'kaimalan, and we established the ein halacha gaisa mishnah. The halacha is not like this mishnah. Now, why is this a question? Because over here, you have a plain Mishnah. There's a Brisa that ultimately argues about this. And you just said, Halacha is like, according to your logic, the Halacha should be like this Mishnah, but I know it's not. So according to, your, according to you telling me that when you have a, when you have a, a uh, plain um, Mishnah and a Machlokas in the Brisa, why aren't we following the Mishnah according to your logic? We should paskin like this Mishnah. Amar Leis, Shabbi Avod tells him, no, bar me no he, this Mishnah is not a, a good question on me, we, this is a separate conversation, you know why? To Rabbi Yechonon, Vereish to Amri Tarvayu, Rabbi Yechonon, Vereish both said, Zu ain't a Mishnah, that it's actually, the Mishnah is not a valid Mishnah, the reason why we don't pass like the Mishnah, is not, it's not even considered a plain Mishnah, your whole question is, if you have a plain Mishnah and dispute in the bride, so you just told me I love it like the Mishnah, I, why don't we do it like the Mishnah? He says, you know why? Because it's not a Mishnah. That's why. You think it's a Mishnah, but it's not. Okay? It's not. There's a, there's a problem with this Mishnah. And Be'ez Hashem, tomorrow, we will start with my timer. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah? Mm-hmm. But tomorrow we'll get into my timer. What actually is the reason why this Mishnah that we quoted about the teeth for the flax and linen, the comb for the flax and linen, the comb for the wool, what's, uh, what's wrong with it, why can't it be established as a regular Mishnah, Belgium tomorrow, we will pick up from here, have a wonderful, wonderful evening, and a gitten mayad everybody.